You are listening to Two Jerks, One Vote. Oh my god, so majestic. We are discussing the Spintoon 16 finale, round four, the Darwin Awards Challenge. Our guest today is Spintoon's finalist, Will Whalen, also known as Temnir, the guy who composed and performed this epic Spintoon's theme that's playing right now. All right, let's get to the podcast. Welcome to the more or less accurately named Two Jerks, One Vote, because it's the last round, and Chumpy and I actually do have a vote. Uh, it's combined to, you know, from us two to one vote. So uh, we'll be ranking the songs, as will all of the Spintoons contestants. But also, it's not accurately named because we do have a guest. Joining us is Temnir, also known as Will Whalen. He has been participating in a bunch of the Spin Tunes competitions and has dominated a lot of them. You can find his Spin Tunes submissions on Bandcamp and you can find some of his videos on YouTube. Though instead of looking for Temnir, you should look for his name, Will Whalen, when you search for YouTube for those. That's W I L W H A L E N. And then, uh, <laughs> by looking at that, I found out that you were in a band called The Syndicate, and that is a yes. fun video. That oh, is a fun boy. video. I like that a lot. Also does really impressive professional artwork on artstation.com, and he did some cover art for some books on Goodreads. And I'll go ahead and say it. You are not good at online visibility or self-promotion. No, I'm and, in fact very bad at it. Yeah, I thought maybe maybe he's in witness protection. Maybe we shouldn't be doing this <laughs> podcast. Maybe I shouldn't be doxing him or anything. Oh, in fact, I tried to get a job just months ago as a social media person, and you'll be surprised to find I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, another thing that you can find him on is that he has a, a great cover of Today's the Day on uh, Dr. Lindyke's oh, Bandcamp page. But it's not as Temnir, it's as uh, Will Whalen. So that's another place that you can find him. But yeah, welcome, Will. Thank you. I'm excited to be on a podcast. Okay. Any podcast. <laughs> cool. Is this your first podcast? I probably. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's cool. All right. Well, let's talk about Spintoons 16. Like, do you, do you want to talk about the last round at all? The previous round? Should we... uh, yeah, sure. Uh, the last round was uh, there was no podcast. So there... I don't know what to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> we were suffering from acute laziness last round. Yeah, yeah, that and some other stuff. But it, but uh, I think, you know, <laughs> you did uh, a great turn uh, on that round by getting back into the fight. And by staying in the fight, it's often that when people are reinstated, it's not uncommon at all for them to go out the round that they're reinstated because, you know, they're more or less half-assing it because they think like, well, I'm just, just a shadow at this point. But you came in and you came in strong and you had a great song, and you made it to the last round, which is pretty rare for a reinstatement. So congratulations, and you and you really, really deserve it. Thank you. I was also very happy with that song. It kind yeah. of surprisingly, it came together in like a day. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I was surprised that you got kicked out at round two because I I liked that song, and I you know I think that in the podcast we were all praising it. I guess the the thing is though that in spin tunes the eliminations are brutal, you know, right. it's a quarter of the bands or so, you know, every single time, you know, seven, eight eliminations every round. It's, it's hard. And judges are just looking for something to ding you on. I think half the battle is 
just to not give them any ammunition or give you any reason, give them any reason to ding you. This time around is also more difficult because I don't know who any of these judges are, and sometimes they don't write reviews, so I don't even know what they didn't like. It's a lot more nebulous this time around. I think that's accurate. I think uh, also, the, you know, when it comes right down to it, and Chumpy and I have talked about this before, I think it's probably bad policy to try and gear your songs towards any single judge. Despite the crazy prize money that you get from this, <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, yeah. the <laughs> the um, the real thing that you get out of it is your own songs. And I agree that it's great to pay attention to the critiques and sort of use that to help improve your own composing and performance and recording. But in general, I think that you know it's best to follow you know what you're going to want to listen to uh, of your own music. I just won't get to write 45 reviews next year if I don't win. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're always looking for judges. So if you want to, if you want to shadow and judge, I'm sure that Dave will be thrilled to have. It. So that would be great. And sometimes you'll get a right reviews where you say, "Sorry, I just don't like this genre of music." <laughs> I've I've gotten a fair share. Yeah, from some of the people who you're talking with right now. <laughs> God, I hate those pricks. Yeah, yeah, it's so unfair. Okay, well then let's talk about this challenge, the round four challenge, which was to write a song about something that seemed like a good idea at the time, but ended very badly. You know, we did a lot of sort of brainstorming, but my thought that we came to relatively early was that, you know, nobody goes into anything or makes any serious sort of initial effort into anything thinking that it's not a good idea. So for the challenge, I was thinking like, why not just take any epic fail and then work backwards? So... With that rationale, I'm kind of giving every band a pass as long as it's something that ends badly. I, I didn't really consider too much, uh, you know, as long as they checked this checkbox, I was pretty happy with uh, everybody meeting the challenge. And I think it'd be actually pretty difficult for somebody not to meet the challenge. They just have to completely ignore uh, every aspect of it. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that the challenge was just one of these easy subject matter challenges. Like, I was under the impression that spin tunes and other contests like this were supposed to get harder as you get towards the finals. So I expected it to be like multiple time signature changes and key changes or something technically difficult. So I was like, oh, well, this is easy. I don't, they're just like phoning it in on the challenge, I thought, a little bit. Yeah, I felt similarly. I was looking back through other round fours and looked at like the one you guys did where you had to write two songs that became one song and stuff like that that just I was ready to spend a lot of time on like thinking about it. It didn't really end up having to have to. Yeah. Well, like with Nurine, which is another competition, they usually just forego the last uh, challenge part, the last extra challenge of it. And I guess the rationale there is that, you know, they're they're going to think that people are just going to have to bring their A game. You know, they're going to have to do their very, very, very best in order to, you know, kick out the last people. So it might make sense for them to kind of ease off the gas that way, although they didn't in previous fights. So maybe not. I don't know. Uh, in the past, I was a bit of an advocate about just letting people have a general framework to work within and, and to, you know, do their best work within rather than giving them something, especially, you know, some of the challenges that just, just ruin a song, you know, it's like oh, I've complained about this before when you have a challenge in Narayan, like you have to incorporate a siren or you have to, 
I don't know. What were some of the really bad ones? There, there's some that, that you, that oh, backwards sounds, backwards sounds. Yeah. And it can be done really well, but on the other hand, half of the songs, it's the worst part of the song is the thing that they had to, you know, use. That's the thing that they were compelled to do that. But, you know, there was no risk of that with this last challenge. So, yeah, it was easy. But um, on the other hand, it also didn't get in our way. It wasn't a detriment to the song, and I think that's good. Yeah, coming out with a good song is always nice. I think last time, the round four was to write a cumulative song. Yeah, uh, I'm very glad I got eliminated in round three. I did not have to because I have zero ideas uh, two years later. Like, I don't know <laughs> what I would have done. Yeah, we did get some good entries for that one, but it was pretty twisted. Yeah, so I feel like we all got off easy on this one, which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think everybody was just a little bit messed up from you know, all of the pandemic stuff happening. And I'm surprised everybody got songs done anyway with all of the stuff going on in everybody's lives now. And I'm surprised only half of the entries were about the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of, should we start into it? Yeah, let's launch right in. Let's do it in like reverse order like they did in the listening party. So first up, we've got Cave Dwellers with Kissing Contest. When you've had enough of Come on down to the kissing booth. We breathe each other, stay your air. We'll do what we dare. Don't miss the kissing contest as we bobbled in the bay. Don't miss the kissing contest, no matter what the newsmen say. I think this was my favorite Shadow. Huh. Uh, I really like the opening guitar riff. You know, I'm a sucker for a good guitar riff. And, uh, yeah, I really like this one. I think that's Truth singing. So, like, he's also in Faster Jackalope, so there's a lot of crossover between Cave Dwellers and Faster Jackalope. I also think this is really impressive that it's a live recording. So I think these guys were holed up in the BSS practice space, in the Berkeley social scene practice space, before all of Berkeley got locked down due to the coronavirus. I don't know, it sounds great for a live recording. It's a little bit loose. I really love it when the drums and the bass and the guitar, they're all playing on unison for emphasis at like certain rhythmic moments. I just think it sounds super cool. This is just a fun, up-tempo, rockin' song. I liked it every time I listened to it, and I must have listened to it like five or six times while I was listening at work today. Good stuff. Uh, of course, this song was designed for double entry to both the uh, spin tunes and a song fight, and it's sort of a clever thematic crossover. Uh, you know, it's it's a good song, but you know I don't like the chorus, and you know why, right? It's because it does that exact thing where the vocal melody mirrors the chord progression exactly. And, you know, uh, other than that, though, it's it's a good song. It's like I like the riff before and during the bridge, which is, you know, just really fun to listen to. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll say it, though, with thousands still dying, it's hard for me to appreciate a joke song about the coronavirus. And I don't, you know. It's Too like, soon, I'm man. Not, yeah, I'm not saying that you can't or you shouldn't joke about it. I'm just saying that I'm not your audience for that joke. So is the song fight is the that's the kissing contest aspect. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. the that's title not... for this that particular song fight. Okay. 
I should have checked. I, that's what I wrote down was, uh, is this based on something or is there a real kissing contest I don't know about? Or <laughs> what is it? I got the story, but... But otherwise it seemed kind of random to you. Yeah. So now the thing I've written down is nothing, it turns out. <laughs> I just liked it. You were like, what is up with this title? So I random. I think it's just, just something to <laughs> say besides like it's good. Yeah, because <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's very good, yeah. and I definitely same what you said. The uh, the live recording, live drums at all is plus a million points to me because it is impossible to do and make them sound good. Absolutely, absolutely, very impressive. Right, and, and the, they do it great too. They've got it down. Yeah, these guys are all talented musicians, not just like bedroom musicians like Ryan and I. <laughs> All right, next up we've got Governing Dynamics with Sync. I think this song is just great you know it's uh it's a good choice when it came to the affected guitar melody at the intro going through like the the lyrics though in less expert hands i thought these the lyrics could have cadence problems like we keep on you know going on and on about with some songs but i thought that this was great i think he did it really well it's just like i was like oh that could cause a problem but then he just you know delivers it very very well so i was, I was really happy with that the song is almost five minutes long, and I like all of it. You know, it's also interesting that some of the lines rhyme very effectively, and some of the lines don't rhyme, and that's also good somehow. And then at one point, he rhymed the word "enough" with the word "enough," and I'm still <laughs> buying it somehow. You know, so yeah, I just thought it was a lovely song. It might have been a winner if they'd been reinstated, but we'll never know. Yeah. This is the kind of sort of moody emo rock that these guys are really good at. I really liked all the lyrics this time around. It has this sort of like maritime sailor type imagery that goes throughout the song, which is kind of interesting. And I get the feeling it's like a metaphor for depression or something. The lines like, I still feel a rope around my neck, which tugs me up to the deck, which I thought was a really cool line. And then at the very end, it's now your song has been sung as the tide greets my lungs as the last notes fade away. Very emo, very cool sort of dark emo ending. 
It's a, it's a cool song. I liked it as well, and I was never really bored listening to it either. There was lots of good things to hear and listen to. Do you know what it's about specifically, though? No. It's about the sirens and, oh. like, Odysseus and Jason and the Argonauts type stuff. If you listen or read the lyrics again with kind of that story in mind, the story with that, of course, though, is that they make it by the sirens. But in this story, it's like it's also about somebody crashing into the rocks. And I just thought it was just at least the imagery is just fantastic. So I liked it. And, and you know, another myth song. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Like Micah did a myth song round one. And then uh, both us and Governing Dynamics did one here for round four. So really good. I thought some of the chords at the end in my memory were much closer than on Relisten, but I thought of Closing Time, the sort of sad ending part of that Closing Time song. Oh, yeah. They're they're not exactly the same, but they're kind of <laughs> similar. <laughs> yeah. Well, other people like in the chat brought up Procol Harum. What, what was that? The uh, Lighter Shade of Pale. Lighter Shade of Pale sort of stuff. And that all fits, too, but mm-hmm. it's all good. So Yeah. Procol Harum doesn't have a monopoly on on that Hammond setting. <laughs> it's on funny, like, is it Travis is the guy who's from Governing Dynamics? Is that his name? I think so, yeah. Yeah, he tends to go for sort of darker, sadder, moodier songs. And uh, it's it's funny, like, Steve Stearns in his comment for his song said, like, you're never going to go wrong with up-tempo happy songs for spin tunes. It's, yeah. it's just funny, like, the, the people have, like, a different idea. Like, I think he writes songs that he likes, or we're trying to write songs that we think judges and people will like. Yeah. And I think the pressure's off when yeah. you're shadowing, too. So especially for the last round, I think it's pretty rare that uh, there's a last round reinstatement. Though I think there was one year, wasn't there? I can't remember. All right, next up we've got Mandibles with Hurricane Camille. I didn't know there were hurricane parties. I didn't know that was a thing. Apparently it isn't. <laughs> I mean, well, the, after uh, this, it shouldn't be, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but I, if you read the bio, uh, the very, very end of the bio, there's a little bit of a epilogue that says that apparently the story is fake. Oh. But uh, but just like your Jado story, you know, it's, uh, it's still in the Darwin Awards, apparently, just because it's such a good story. Oh, that's cool. One of our first ideas, there is apparently one of the early Darwin Awards was a story about a guy who strapped a Jado jet-assisted rocket takeoff unit to his car and ended up like going airborne and embedding himself into the side of a Mesa. So that was yeah. a cool story, and it would have been a cool like rocket car kind of song. 
Because I think there's a lot of, you know, room for rockets and cars and in rock and roll, and that would have been cool, but... Um, I wrote a whole song. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't use it. Wasn't there that uh, the Flat Earth guy just recently who crashed his rocket? Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that would have been a good subject, too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe too soon, though. Maybe some some guy on a podcast would be like, it's too soon. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get a, get a note from the guy's daughter or something and be like, yeah, that would be really a bummer. You've been canceled, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. So this this Mandible song is great. Mm-hmm. You know, Cybronica, her singing is just amazing. I love all the singing and harmonies that she does. When she really leans on that high note, that last mm. Camille at the end of the song, right before it winds down, just super good. And there's, you know, lots of funny puns and stuff in here. Well, not maybe not funny puns, like it's swell, like there's all of these, you know, sort of hurricane storm words. Yeah, so many. They're so relentless, you know. And I had a better experience, I think, than anybody in the listening party, and uh, and maybe anybody like listening to this song because, well, you know, when I first heard it during the listening party, I wasn't paying attention to the chat, so I didn't get the title, and you know, I didn't read or hear the title until much, much later. What happened was, like, it gradually dawned on me what she was singing about because she doesn't say anything about a hurricane. You know, she just, there's just this relentless onslaught of things that I later realized were brilliant puns. You know, it kind of clicked in just a little bit before she was talking about the eye of the hurricane, you know, that set of puns. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So, (laughs) you know, just because I I didn't know for sure that it was about a hurricane until at least a third of the way into the song. But yeah, just just great. So I, I loved, loved, loved hearing all of that stuff. So yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I think she should take the word hurricane out of the title. Just <laughs> let people it figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. Did yeah. they change Pretty- tempo? Like, I know that there's a section where the dynamics really change dramatically. I call it the eye of the hurricane section. Like, I think they actually slow the tempo down a little bit there, too. It's a pretty cool effect. Yeah, I really like the back half of the song when it's just the heavy acoustic and the singing. I thought the song was fun and catchy. It's got that schoolhouse rock vibe that I like. The performances are wonderful, uh, and I'm glad that they submitted a shadow, even though uh, I think that they were ineligible for reinstatement uh, if any of the top four had been disqualified or didn't submit or whatever. I think that they would have had to have submitted a shadow the previous round and they didn't. So it's a technicality, but uh, but it doesn't matter. I'm just really, really glad that they submitted something. And in particular, this song, which I thought was a, I got a real kick out of. Definitely a great song. Genius lyrics. Yeah. Next up, we've got Micah Summersmith with Nuclear. Nuclear. I'm trying not to go all George Bush on it. <laughs> Nuclear. Mr. Levitt, this beautiful house is just perfect for the missus and me and three little sprouts. Can you build that fence just a little bit taller? Don't want the neighbors to hear when I holler. Feels so good to be on our own. Feels so good to be all alone. When this family goes nuclear, you best believe we go all out. But when this family goes nuclear, we 
Here's Micah arguably stretching the spirit of the challenge, but it doesn't matter because it's a shadow. I like this whole thing. I think that some drums might improve it a little, and I miss the euphonium or any brass for that matter. You know, actually, I think almost any extra instrumentation might improve the sound a little. Uh, you know, maybe a piano or brass or glockenspiel or clav or or pitchator. None of uh, that is meant as a negative criticism, though. Uh, it's more of like if Jerkatorium was doing this song, we would overproduce it. And it's, you know, it's more like that sort of an idea, you know, but one problem I did have, did anybody else have this problem before I even say it? You know what I'm going to say? No. Nobody? Oh my God. Okay. So that spin box or that fast panning thing, whatever the heck that was, it made this song truly annoying on the headphones. So I can only really listen to this on speakers because otherwise that spinning pan that is used is distracting and annoying and I don't like it at all. Wow, I totally didn't even notice it. On the headphones? On the headphones. Do you have mono headphones? (laughs) Maybe I do. I'll have to go back and listen. (laughs) That's why you do all that weird... No, I'm kidding. That would explain a lot. (laughs) Why is Ryan so annoyed with his panning? (laughs) That's that's hilarious. I really like the way Micah takes multi-syllable rhymes, and then he rhymes them with multiple single-syllable words. Like when he rhymes brand new highway with like do things my way and all out with fallout and quiet with buy it. I don't know. I I think those kinds of rhymes are fun. And I think Micah uses them a lot in his songs. And then in this one in particular, he extends a verse because he's got not because he's got an extra rhyme, but it's like he's got this great line and it's like normally you'd end that fourth line of the verse but then he tacks on this fifth line that's also ends with a great rhyme yeah it's wonderful i also like how the end of the second chorus we're all expecting the end of the chorus melody it's like on the line fallout we expect you know because he's singing fall and he just lets fall go fall and we expect him to sing out the same way as he did in the first chorus but he goes a different way and i think he maybe modulates a little bit or something right there it's a very cool and surprising change up Also, Micah's lyrics are just really good. He sort of, like, tells the story of a guy who's, like, leaving his parents and family to create his own little nuclear family and how things sort of go sideways. I don't know if you uh, looked at the article in The Guardian that he referenced in his bio about, like, why nuclear families are kind of a bad idea. The song sort of summarizes, like, one of the stories told in that article, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Like, he just managed to do that in a really succinct way. I feel like I don't know how familiar everyone is with Weird Al's very old material, his first album. And it's not just the accordion, but this reminds me a lot of it because he used to be a little more mean back in the 80s. He wasn't <laughs> quite so like food parodies. Like uh, there's a song called Checks in the Mail on his first album that this really reminds me of. Cause You're it's just beautiful. Kind of like, don't ever change. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I wrote down Weird Al on like three of these songs and had to delete a few of them because <laughs> I, I know more people than Weird Al, I swear. <laughs> yeah, three songs. One on Micah's song and two on Trickatorium's song. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that was the end of it. Okay. All right, good job, Micah. <laughs> yeah, a great song as usual. Been killing it <laughs> in this thing that you're not competing in. <laughs> All right, next up we've got Menage a Tune with Boom, Boom, Boom. 
Don't put that grenade into your pocket. After pulling the pin as a threat, when mugging the kindly local dealer, his stash isn't all that you will get. Boom, boom, boom. I know it made sense at the time, but boom, boom, boom. Stupidity should be a crime. One day, while out scavenging for metal, three friends found an unexploded bomb. They rolled it down the hill, it made a crater. Their remains they could fit within your palm. Boom, boom, boom. I know it made sense at the time. But boom, 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 stupidity should be a crime. So I think Will and I were talking about, like, what is this song about? There's this weird Zionist plot about daylight savings time in there, and it was a little bit confusing. And uh, I read the song bio, and I was like, oh, these are all little vignettes from different actual Darwin Awards including the one where these terrorists, you know, they had a bomb and they were some differences of whether they were paying attention to daylight savings time or not, and it actually caused them to blow up before they got to their target because daylight savings was like a Zionist plot or something. So that was kind of interesting. I really didn't care for her fake Middle Eastern accent when she was pretending to be a terrorist. I thought that was kind of like, "Mm, just a little tacky. But, you know, what are you going to do? You're making fun of dumb people, so... Yeah, tacky's the best way you could put that. (laughs) (laughs) She as well is cancelled. Oh yeah, but anyway, this is like a little fun little twisted nursery rhyme type of song. Just the ever-present harp sound kind of got on my nerves after a while. I'm not sure what the replay value on this is for me, but it was fun. I also enjoyed like digging up the actual Darwin Awards for each of the sections and kind of reading them about them, and sure enough, people have done some really stupid stuff with explosives. Yeah. I thought this had this sort of dated Monty Python, you know, novelty song sort of vibe, and that's certainly got an audience. And like you mentioned, instead of one scenario, this is four Darwin Award-type scenarios with the same theme of bombs and grenades. And um, someone in the chat compared this to Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. <laughs> And I think that's that's pretty apt when it comes right down to it. It's got the same kind of, you know, morbid type humor, but the sort of lighthearted delivery. And instead of G and G, it's G and H. Uh, <laughs> Gal and Harp. Gal and Harp. Yeah, yeah. So interesting. Maybe not going on my playlist. Even just a little like a hi hat or a tambourine or something to like give the verses more of a sense of progression. I don't know. It just uh, it kind of goes on, and then the bridge is different, and then it goes back to the first thing again. Yeah. Yeah, you can slap a thigh and record that. You know, there's lots of percussion you can do. And a lot of people did do sort of very simple percussion, clapping hands, slapping thighs, smacking a wood block. Yeah. I wonder if she recorded it all in one take. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, do you think that they recorded the vocals and the harp simultaneously? I think like- so. Huh. That would be my guess. Okay. I'm trying to think back to any like larger scale production stuff that she's done, and I guess that was all with Ted, though. Yeah. Okay, that's a digression. 
<laughs> we'll just cut that shit right out, Ryan. <laughs> this is gold. It's all staying in. That's right. We gotta pad this. I uh I was looking through podcasts and uh I'm I'm a new fan of this guy named uh Demi, let's see, what's his name? Adagibi or something? I, yeah, I can't pronounce it. The Electro Lemon. Demi Adagibi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't even watched any of that stuff. I've just been watching some of his stuff on YouTube. And his his song for the credits for The Green Book is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. So, you know, whenever I find somebody that I think is brilliant, I'll go and look for podcasts of them. And I was looking through some of his podcasts and I downloaded a couple of things here and there. And then apparently he has this Gilmore Girls themed podcast. Mm. And I'm kind of looking at some of those. And some of those are five and a half hours long <laughs> for a single Gilmore Girls episode. What the I have fuck? never watched the I know. I've never watched the Gilmore Girls. And I'm thinking about, well, I'm just I'm a big fan of this Demi guy. So uh, maybe I should check out some of his stuff. And then I'm, I see that and I'm like, fuck you. There's no way I'm going to sit and listen to people talking for five and a half hours about one TV episode. How do you even do that? I don't know. I shouldn't be criticizing something I know literally nothing about, but I can't help it. He has another podcast called Pump Up the Jams, I think, where they like take a quote unquote bad song and make it good. I think the one I listened to was like L.A. Woman, uh-huh. but he's he's very funny and he's also very good at making songs. Okay, so, should uh, I check out that pump up the 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 thing? That's the one I I I like it a lot. Uh, right. Gilmore, I've never listened to Gilmore guys either. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will check out that one then because you know I always yeah. always looking for good podcasts. Yeah. So thank you, uh, Joanne at Manaja Tune, for turning us on to Demi. <laughs> Next up, we've got Jocko Homomorphism with Minnow. Robert Andrews has it made, fresh out of school and already first mate under the mysterious Captain Hale. As the show opens, Robert has convinced his high school sweetheart, Dawn, to ride his tour boat before she leaves for the Ivy League. Along for the trip are Silicon Valley entrepreneur James Backer, esteemed author Dr. Russ Johnson, his wife Natalie, and introducing pop sensation Tita as herself. When a storm appears on the horizon, Robert intentionally crashes their ship, the SS Gil Lagan, in order to get intimate with Dawn. When their romantic advances accidentally foil the captain's SOS, it becomes clear that Robert's last fling with Dawn will be much longer than they bargained for. Can he swim with the sharks? Or is he just a minnow? And this was a weird piece, right? It's like a, yeah, like a sort of a musical like interlude with a marketing pitch for a reboot of Gilligan's Island. I, I loved think- it. <laughs> uh, not sarcastically, I have two songs that I, they reminded me of. Uh, so there's a collection epitaph put out called "Short Songs for Short People." I forget when it was, sometime late '90s. But Guttermouth has a song called Don Camaro Has Lost His Mind, and it is like this, and I love it. <laughs> and then the Aquabats did a radio play with Guar called Guar versus the Aquabats, and it also sounds like this quite frequently. Oh, my gosh. This kind of reminded me a bit of like some of that was-not-was was type yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I got uh, a, little, a little of that, too. Yeah, but 
I don't know. Um, the bio describes this as sort of like a Riverdale type reboot of Gilligan's Island. And I thought it was a neat concept and the backing music is really interesting, but this is like the intro to a song instead of a song. And when it's done, I feel like I just heard a TV commercial instead of a song. <laughs> yeah. And that's that I thought that was a little unsatisfying and it didn't stand up to repeat listens. Uh, you know, I would have strongly preferred if this would have like been extended and maybe evolved into an actual song. But as it was, it's just like a teaser for something that doesn't exist. And if it were funnier, maybe, but I don't know. I'm not even going to say for sure that I think that it could have, you know, it had more potential for that. I, I get it. I get the joke. But yeah, it should have been fleshed out more. I feel like if your song is one minute and four seconds, you can take more risks. Yeah, especially if it's a shadow. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, could have gone crazy with it. I mean, the background music was interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah. But even then, it's kind of more like somebody talking over a you know, over an instrumental rather than something that was incorporated well into the music. I didn't hate it. Uh, it just kind of came and went. And I wish that it was fleshed out more. Next up, we've got Glenn Raffel with Hand Washing. I don't need to wash my hands. I don't need to wash my hands. The water is too wet and I forget. I don't need to wash my hands. I intend to touch my face. I intend to touch my face. Cause faces sometimes itch and I won't switch. I intend to touch my face. I refuse to hide from crowds. I refuse to hide from crowds. Cause crowds form where there's fun and I'm not done. I refuse to hide from crowds. I won't cover when I cough. I won't cover when This is pretty solid for something Glenn just banged out while he was on a cruise. I really like the gang vocals. It sounds like there was a, you know, a bunch of nerds together in the atrium of the ship singing along with his sea shanty. I thought that was pretty cool. I like sea shanties in general. Yeah, so this was the Joko cruise, right? Yeah, this, they were actually on the Joko cruise. So he, he and Tommy were there? Huh. Yeah, they're all quarantined now, but... Who could have foreseen that? <laughs> Except for everybody, you know, who'd, who'd watched any news at all. Yeah. Within the couple of weeks leading up to it. They paid a ton of money to go on this cruise. And, you know, they were really looking forward to it. I can see why they took the risk. The sunk cost fallacy in action. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. My husband and I, we had a plan to go to Italy. And we had booked a trip to Italy for early April. And this was back before December. And we had this whole thing set up and uh, we booked airfare. We'd booked the tour group. We'd done like these extra hotels and stuff to stay longer. And then somehow miraculously, you know, both of our jobs were in danger at the same time. So after thinking about it for a long time back in mid-December, we canceled everything. And this is long before any of that coronavirus stuff happened. But... We lucked out and we got reimbursed for everything. But I, you know, afterwards when we're talking about it, we're like, well, you know, if we put all that money into it, you know, it was a significant outlay of money. It's like, would we have gone? Now it's moot because we can't go there anyway. Yeah. But, you know, at the time it's like when it was breaking, it's like, okay, so a real hotspot is Italy. There's a real coronavirus threat there. 
since we put all this money into it, you know, are we just going to give it all up if it was no longer reimbursable or are we going to go and, and take our chances? And, you know, we had some discussions about it. It's easy in 2020 hindsight to say, well, no, of course we wouldn't go. But, you know, when you're right. looking at throwing away thousands and thousands of dollars, then it's a different sort of a thing. What did you think of the song, Ryan? Oh, there was a song? Yeah. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, one of the things I wrote down uh, is, for the record, I think that Glenn was unfairly harshed for his round three entry. And I know that's kind of going back, and that's not this song. But I just want to say that I know a lot of the judges had real strong criticisms for reasons that I sort of didn't agree with. But this round four song is nice enough. Uh, the call and response repetition gets dull after a bit, I think. And the punchline and resolution is maybe a little predictable where, you know, he's talking about not wanting to take any precautions and then everybody gets sick. Okay, yeah, got it. Uh, I don't have to compare it, though, so uh, I'm just going to say it's a good, enjoyable song and that I'm happy to have heard it multiple times. So despite my criticisms and stuff like that, I still thought it was, you know, it was catchy and fun and uh, and enjoyable. And every time it came up, I was glad to hear it. I thought that one of the repetitions, like the second repetition, seemed timed a little bit awkwardly. And a lot of the people, like I think, came in a beat late. Because of that, I yeah. also wrote down on the second one. I think someone says the wrong thing. I think someone <laughs> says the first line again, like the first uh, verse line. Well, it seemed kind of churchy to me. Like I, you got to see Chanty, and I'm I'm sure that he meant see Chanty. But I also, you know, you sometimes you hear some of this kind of uh, stuff at church, and it also seemed like a lot of the crowd participation was amateur. And I don't, I don't mean that as a bad thing, but I mean that as sort of like a, this church, you know, sort of group call and response. And uh, so I, I, I heard it too. I get it. It didn't bother me. It seemed, you know, sort of organic. Mm -hmm. I didn't think that he meant to make it a, a polished studio project sort of a thing. I just like, I just took it for what it was, I guess, especially since it's a shadow. Yeah. And it was done on a boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why couldn't you find a studio on a boat? <laughs> yeah. Moving right along, we've got Ross Duran with One Last Drink. Well, the candle's burning down, the wine glasses are low. And the waiter comes around to ask if we're ready to go. And she looks me in the eye, I just don't want this to end. So I look at him and I say, one last drink, my friend. You give me one last drink and give me one for the road. We ain't in no hurry, we ain't got nowhere to go. One last drink, you give me one for the road. What could go wrong, I've done it so many times before. And this is the first of the actual non-shadows. You want to start in on this one, Ryan? I thought this was a great take on the challenge. You know, it's like a drinking and driving PSA. This is fun and charming, but it's such a stripped down production that it's kind of hard to compare it to the other entries. You know, if you're going to do what is essentially a G&G &G song, then you really need to bring something really extraordinary to it in order to compete 
you know, you need like amazing lyrics or an incredible vocal performance. And this, as much as it's a good song, it, it doesn't really have anything that you would call amazing or incredible in it. You know, there's nothing specifically wrong with the song, uh, in my opinion, but it doesn't stand up well to, you know, Steve Stearns or Temnir. Yeah. And um, Does anyone, though? <laughs> good point. Yeah. But uh, somehow, uh, tell me tell me if I'm wrong. I got the impression that Ross Durand kind of like did this last minute, or am I thinking, am I conflating him with Glenn Raphael? No, I think you're right. I think he mentioned that he had uh, trouble just getting a song in at all. So. so, I mean, if he half-assed it at the last minute, then I can't help but think that if, if that happened to us, that maybe we just step aside and let like governing dynamics or jocko homomorphism or something into the final well we probably wouldn't would we it's hard to tell you know in 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 hindsight like how we do it but i guess i'm just like wow there were so many songs that were shadows that i think were real contenders this one you know it's a fine enough song it's a good song it's charming it's fun uh it's valuable uh but i don't think that he was going for first place in this one yeah I had a lot of the same notes. I mean, I like Ross's strong and sort of confident voice, and he's got a lot of character with it and good tone. And the singing here is a good example of just Ross's, you know, singer-songwriter voice, which I think is good. And the homemade percussion works okay uh, with this sort of overall guy and guitar, you know, feel of the song. But yeah, it's it's really hard to come in, you know, at the last round of a challenge with just sort of a G&G song. And, you know, expect to really make a real go of it. So what did you think, Will? I wrote down also basically the same. It does the challenge. It's a fine song. But I uh, just really have no strong opinion on it one way or the or to other. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it has a getting kicked in the balls joke in it. Yeah, that that's, does. That's... <laughs> that's, that's that's why I'm going to rank it number one. <laughs> the only dick joke in the top four. So. Technically, well, anyway, I digress. <laughs> Next up, we've got Jerkatorium with O Pandora. So there's this lovely wedding gift from Zeus. And Prometheus, your brother-in-law, says leave it alone. But being the curious person that you are, you sneak a peek. Jar and accidentally You said all would be free And then after all the plagues have flown Everyone blames you instead of Zeus Thinking that you somehow should have known Knowing you were meant to set them loose Open All right, so traditionally, uh, Will, you're on the spot to talk about it oh, before no. the rest of us. Yes. Uh, this song is extremely bad, and no one <laughs> should vote for it. I agree. <laughs> oh, my God, we're on the same page. Okay, good. Stop reading my notes. 
No, I liked it a lot. It did take me more than one listen to kind of go through it, but I don't like to read the lyrics the first time I listened to it. So I think it was more just that I didn't uh, hear very well. <laughs> Let me pull up the lyrics real quick. I don't want to get your song wrong to your face. <laughs> <laughs> Not while we're here. Yeah, yeah, I'll get it wrong all day at home by myself. <laughs> What's this even about? Pandora? Yeah. I have Spotify now. <laughs> I get to pick the songs. Can you tell me what it's about real quick instead? It's mostly then you about can talk about it. Yeah, it's mostly about boobies. Okay. <laughs> Ryan, you wrote this song. Why don't, why, don't, why don't you give the rundown? The challenge was to do a song about something that seemed like a good idea at the time and turned out very badly. Pandora got this gift from the king of all gods, Zeus, famously was advised not to open it because Zeus is a dick and because you know Prometheus knew better and Prometheus's whole name is about foresight. So yeah, uh, she took a peek inside the jar. It was a jar instead of a box. That's but, I was looking uh, for the word box in there and it's not. So I'm I'm impressed on that level because I I feel like being not obvious about it as much as possible is always <laughs> the way to do it. Yeah, that's the Wikipedia song part of us. We're right. like, oh, look, in Wikipedia it says that it was a jar instead of a box. We shouldn't use the word box. Right, and box was a mistranslation. Ah. Yeah, but so anyhow. Technically, so technically, we're totally accurate here. <laughs> and that's the best way to be Ellie. <laughs> technically is the best Ickley to be. So, uh, no, but anyhow, so the whole point is that she opened the box and all the evils uh, were loosed upon the world. And then, of course, she got the blame for it, even though it's Zeus's fault, you know. Like, who so, puts evil uh, in a box? Yeah. And then Eve of the Adam and Eve is sort of a rehashing of the Pandora myth with the apple instead of the box. And, of course, Eve is still blamed by a bunch of people about it. It's all about uh, misogyny. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyhow, the real bad idea was blaming women for everything, I think. <laughs> Hey, I don't know. It worked pretty well. Yeah, yeah. It got us students. where we are today. That's right. Which is, you know, perfect. I like playing rhythm guitar in this song. Like, I tried to sound like Nile Rodgers, and I was playing, like, triads and inversions way up on the neck, trying to get that skanky, funky sort of Nile Rodgers sound. So that's why I like this song. That was fun. That worked out real well, yeah. My favorite part, though, is Ryan's chorus. Like, when I heard the pitches, like, we had the rocket car pitch, and we had this one. And I like this one better just because I thought the chorus was better. And I think the chorus is probably the best part, which is sort of how it should be. So I think that worked out okay. I think of all the choruses this time around, it's between you guys and Steve Stearns are the two that I remember constantly, which is usually the sign what I look for in a song anyway, is can I remember the chorus like a day later even? Yeah. <laughs> That's hard. It's hard writing catchy choruses for sure. So if you get one, it's like, yeah, that's the one. Like, I always spend all of my energy writing good verses for, like, no good reason. And then I'm like, eh, chorus, who cares? It's not important, right? Verses where all the story is. Yeah. And that's where the does. riffs are, too. So You should let me in on some of those. <laughs> no, that's a joke. Sorry. All right. Moving right along. Wait, you... wait. I didn't get to complain about the song yet. Oh, Okay. All right. <laughs> so my kingdom for an extra day on this song, you know, I can't listen to this now, 
without hearing the flaws and the missed opportunities. Chumpy's performance is great. You know, all of the actual flaws are my fault. And I made some important and imperfect choices throughout. We recently got notes about how two of our recent songs, they were people were saying that our backing vocals are too quiet. So I think we overcompensated uh, on this song, and my backing vocals are way too loud on it. Woo! Um, Woo! Yeah, I know. That's one of the things that I thought were extraneous, and we should have we should have removed those. <laughs> it's you so know, loud to, right at the beginning, too. I'm like I cringing know. now. Yeah, absolutely. The guitar solo tone is incongruous at best. There were some weird, bad choices on my part. You know, one more day, and this song would have sounded much better. Yeah, it would have been far better. less of a shit show. I agree. Yeah. We've talked about doing a disco song for a long time, but this is not the disco song that I'd intended. I'm happy with the lyrics. Uh, I'm happy with Chumpy's performance, but another pass at this song, and it would improve it a lot. We were late getting going on this, so I feel like I feel like we never got fresh ears. You know, we never got any perspective or any objective look <laughs> at the song. We would have turned those woos way the hell down. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I don't hate the song, but. I can only hear the problems at this point. Yeah. It's always interesting to hear that from people, though, because I, as a person who did not make it, would never hear that and also feel exactly the same about every song I've ever written. But, <laughs> of course, we'll never go back and fix them, despite having all the time in the world to do so now. I have all Absolutely. the days before I put this on SoundCloud, but it's going on SoundCloud exactly like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, ab- absolutely. Reworking old songs is no fun. Yeah, it's a chore. And we were talking about doing that for old songs to get like a quote album unquote up to perfect things and then get them up. But like every time that we took a stab at stuff, it sounded bad and wrong and it was a chore. The only time that we did that, I think, well was with Super Creepy because I wanted to make a music video for it. And even that was like pulling teeth, trying to get just a couple simple changes done. So it happened, though. But um but yeah. Yeah, big shout burned out the, to musicians who really refine their songs. You get the demo versions like burned into your brain and now they sound right and yeah. everything new sounds wrong. Oh yeah. It's like Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> but it's also I mean like if you hear a demo version of a song and it really appeals to you then polishing it is not necessarily improving it. There's a, a band called SNMNMNM that I used to listen to a lot. And there's like a, a demo version of a song called Number 10 about a robot in love, which is like the convergence of everything that I want in music. <laughs> and the demo version is rough and it's nasal and it's all kind of annoying. And I love all of that. And then they came out with a, a studio version of it and I hate it. Because it, it smoothed everything out. It made it all nice and shiny. And I'm like, oh, no, this isn't the song I fell in love with. Just and destroyed you know. all the soul. That's right. That's right. And that's my job. All right. Well, speaking of destroying souls, next we've got Temnir with In Flames.
I like the intro buildup a lot. I think it's really strong. There's this guitar motif that you hear in the beginning and the drums are sort of pounding in, but not all the time. They're sort of sparingly done. And then it repeats higher up the neck and then it comes in again and the drums are going full blast. And it's just a really cool sort of pump you up buildup to the song, which I think is great. And in the instrumental break before the first verse, you get this like great chugging guitar sound. And then there is these cool like quick guitar riffs where the synth lead and the guitar lead are playing the same like riffs in unison, which I think just is really cool sounding and has great energy. I'm stoked when I hear a song and I get pumped right away. It's like it just builds you up to something good. That's always awesome when that happens. I'm like, yeah. I like the lyrics. Like, you don't really necessarily know exactly what it's about, but I I can't help but feeling it's about Donald Trump fucking up the coronavirus crisis. Nothing in there really spells that out, but like just that line like, uh, truth of its se- severity precedes the lie I told. All the suffering I could have spared, multiplied, manifold. I just thought, yeah, that's Trump. I don't know. Maybe you didn't write it that way, but that's the way I read it. Well, it can't be because he feels bad at the end. So. That's what I was thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking. That's the thing. That's the, that's the one thing that doesn't fit. So I was like, I was thinking like, well, it sounds like that's probably what it is, but it can't be because he shows a bit of humanity. So, so that isn't it then. Maybe, uh, maybe he has humanity underneath all of that orange bronzer. It doesn't help anybody if he doesn't show it. <laughs> And uh, at the end, I thought it was really cool. Like, there's a bunch of, like, layers of harmonized backing vocals you hear. And it's got this kind of bad religion vibe to me that reminds me of Stranger Than Fiction, actually. It's kind of this cool breakdown at the end. And I think the choice to end with the acapella and, like, um, the world in flames harmony at the end is just a really cool sounding way to end it and a really powerful way to end it. So, yeah, this is fantastic track. I played it for some guys on IRC and they were blown away and they want to know all about like your drum workflow. So they were like, man, those drums sound so badass. What is that? <laughs> I, I wish there was a secret and not just the metal preset on Easy Drummer 2 that turned them up really loud. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm a preset guy. <laughs> but you didn't have to do too much editing on this one, huh? Uh, how do you mean? Like, you don't actually, like, have to take the drum MIDI apart and then, you know, make sure that, like, all of the beats happen in the right places or modify fills or, like, try uh, to make well, things I, fit. Uh, I write the MIDI from scratch. I don't use the loops that come with it. Just I use Easy Drummer as a sound engine, oh, basically. okay, cool. So you're talking about just, like, the, the kit preset. It's not like you're using preset loops or anything. No, yeah, no, I write the loops from scratch. Oh, okay, cool. That's some serious. That's shit. what we can't do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is that's incredibly impressive. Yeah. Like we we just like you know we find loops that are reasonably good that sound okay and then we edit them where we have to to make them fit. Yeah, well they're yeah. they're not even loops. I mean they're I mean we don't even have to do that much in Logic. They have fake drummers that will assume that you want something that sounds vaguely like this based on what you've already input into the format and the arrangement of the song. It's so easy. Yeah, even idiots could do it. Yeah, and then if you think like, 
well, that's a pretty good sort of an idea, but we would want more of this sort of a sound, then you can change virtual drummers. And then you can say, well, this part is good, but I would, I would like it to be more simple than this weird sort of a thing that they've got going. Then you can do that. Or you can change. It's it's uh, fantastic. I'm going to sell Logic to you right now. <laughs> I have never used it. It sounds great. <laughs> So when you compose those drum parts, are you like doing it with a mouse or do you like pound it out on like drum pads or do you go to like e-drums with sticks? Uh, It's with a mouse. Okay. I'm sitting in my chair 99% of the time I'm recording. Control. Awesome. Well, okay. My turn then. This song was epic and amazing. You know, my primary criticism of Temnir is that it's not my preferred genre. But then, of course, in previous spin tunes, when we've been judging, you know, I've turned around and ranked you high when your songs were undeniably superior. Uh, in particular, I'm thinking about like Spin Tunes 14, Round 3, uh, your incredible song Revolution based on the Egmont Overture. Oh, that was so good. So good. So, so good. And then, of course, the high tech ray gun was fantastic and you've been really killing it this year too in spin town 16 and i like i remember back in actually spin tunes 14 when i just assumed that you were probably six guys <laughs> I, I i seriously thought that and i and if you told me that you were one at the time i'd say just no nope uh uh-uh. no liar but yeah so you were eliminated for uh, your round two song uh cynics anxiety which you know, we all enjoyed a lot, and the judges then wisely dragged you back into the fray for your round three unbreakable shadow entry. But this song, it just grabs you from that first riff, you know, and then that instrumental intro and the this sinister voice of the vocals in the first verse. You know, I, I got to thinking of like Vincent Price or, you know, uh, Boris Karloff, which is fantastic. But yeah, great melody great progression the pre-chorus brings us to that chorus expertly and then the chorus itself is good throughout but then it hits that you know world in flames resolution just perfectly the outro counter melody layering is super cool and then that acapella cap who does acapella caps anymore (laughs) really can you think of any okay i can think of one band that does them a lot and then other bands who copy that other one (laughs) (laughs) we lean on that all the time but yeah constantly i really love the guitar riff the just so good See, but like you guys were saying, all I can hear is the flaw in it because I drop a note in it, and I also copied and pasted it, so I drop a note in it every time it happens. It's consistent. So, yeah, so it's at least the same mistake every time. For me, this was the clear winner. You know, I think that uh, the only potential barrier you might have is uh, genre bias, because like it or not, you're niche, and I'm sure that there are voters who can't see the quality because you know they just don't like metal. But, you know, like it or not, this, I think, is the best song of round four. Definitely. Yeah. But, you know, having said that, what is it about specifically? Uh, I mean, you're basically right on, except I invented a character that could have a resolution arc instead of... uh, (laughs) I did a bunch of bad shit, and then I got more rich, I guess. Like, that's not really... Nothing bad happens in that story. (laughs) Well, any other comments about your own goddamn song? We, we we talked a lot about our own songs. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The only Worst reason... podcast guest ever. 
<laughs> I mean, I didn't expect to have to do a song this week. I didn't think I'd get reinstated. The only reason I did a song last week is because so Nick Work, uh, fellow Spin Tunes contestant, is a friend of mine. Oh, you so, know, you know Nick. Cool. Yes, yeah, so I uh, yeah. We had a band together called New Challenger. Wow. It is also available on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. You know, I actually tried to find more information about Nick Work. That is a hard name to Google. Yeah, he was in a band called Lower. 40 from a long time that's when i met him it was like a country western band and then we wrote a street fighter rock opera and performed it at one anime convention <laughs> that's God. super cool you guys wrote an entire rock opera that's great with like the street fighter characters like e honda and chun lin and all that yeah i'll send you the links on skype later <laughs> I've got some video footage. It's truly uh, horrifying. <laughs> that sounds awesome. So did Nick have a good time? Uh, yeah, I think so. He's got some songs out of it, which is good. I think he would have liked to be in this last round, but, you know, who wouldn't? Yeah. Who wouldn't want to write another song? I'm surprised the judges didn't go crazy over his songs, because I did. I'm like, this guy is yeah. so pro. He is so good. Yeah, but, I mean, we also get it. I mean, we've, we've been judges, so... Yeah. Like, I thought the counting song, uh, his was the best, but he got harshed by some of the judges for it because the counting they thought was, <laughs> what was being counted off was dumb. Substandard like like, counting. Disqualified. Yeah, like, Come on. It's a wonderful, wonderful song. You know, you just, at some point, I think, you know, meeting the challenge is checking a box and then you just, whether you enjoy the song or not. And that I thought was, was one of my favorite songs ever. I just loved that. So, yeah. We've had this conversation many times. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I got to check out New Challenger, which is Temnir plus Nick Work, or Will Whalen plus Nick Work. All right, cool. All right, finally, we have Steve Stearns with Surf or Die. Sand says beach closed due to sharks, but buddy, look at those waves. Wax up your flipboard. That sign says anyways Don't give me aggro Well you know me bro I smoke my buds by the pound He'll smoke this pre-roll We'll serve the dawn patrol That way no one else will be around I love his arrangement on this. It's got this like really great 70s vibe with just a remarkable like array of cool keyboard sounds. I really love the clav on the chorus and all of the electric pianos just sound really good. His vocals are also really great and the entire track I think just sounds lush and amazing. And at the very end he's got that whole sort of surf or die muted breakdown where the drums cut out and then he goes into this sort of Beach Boys-esque harmony section which I think sounds really good. He's even got some of those Beach Boys like kind of backing vocals, which I think sound really cool. Uh, the lyrics are fun and funny. It's an up-tempo, like, happy song. Did I mention the chorus, Clav? <laughs> so good. Yeah, and this, you know, this sounds like it could have been the theme music for a 70s surfing comedy show. 
that would like air after WKRP in Cincinnati or something. It's just got that stuck in the 70s cool vibe to it. I really liked it. But I've, I've liked every one of his songs. He's a bit of a ringer. Yeah. Um, I thought this was fun. It was upbeat. That was charming and well-performed and well-produced. And whatever bugged me about his round two entry microphone setting uh, has been fixed by now. Or at least it's not in this song. Maybe it was a choice in the round two song, but it's just fine here. Everything sounds clean and balanced, and I like it a lot. It met the challenge fine. You know, some feedback that Jerkatorium got about our lyrics was this notion that, you know, opening Pandora's box couldn't have seemed like a good idea at the time. And that's fully half of the wording of the challenge. And you could definitely kind of aim that same criticism at the lyrics to Surf or Die. But I, again, I refute that claim with the sort of rationale that uh, I described earlier, where it's just, uh, you know, checking a box when it comes right down to it. Anyway, great song, lots of fun. It could have been called Surf and Die. And I was kind of <laughs> waiting for like the final versions of the like the the outro or the chorus to switch from surf or die to surf and die because that's kind of the whole story of the song missed opportunity but again that's how jerkatorium would have done it instead of (laughs) go back and fix it steve yeah but it's upbeat really enjoyable this song can easily win this contest no problem and i'd be totally fine with that you know so great work very enjoyable yeah I feel like it's between Temnir and Steve Stearns on this one. Yeah, absolutely. If the if I the judges like have any any brains at all. Well, the judges are the competitors, though. Oh, yeah. So then you guys are doomed. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's the one to beat, if only for uh, everyone's going to like it as well they should. But it's a very likable song. There's a, you know, it's catchy immediately. The instrumentation is uh, good immediately. Like, there's no wait to build up to the good part it just is all the good part yeah yeah because i do like the back half of it a lot once it kind of goes down and gets into the repeating part but i also like the first part and i can recall almost the whole song from memory from like the three times i've listened to it sounds like we're almost done do we want to rank we you know we don't need to state our rankings if we don't want to chumpy and i still haven't decided we haven't really even talked about it how we're going to rank yet I am very much a proponent of competitors ranking themselves first. And in particular, I think that Temnir, I think that Will, you should rank yourself first, even if you think that, uh, you know, regardless of how strong a competitor you think Steve is. Chumpy and I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to end up doing. I'm voting for Temnir. Okay, then that's unanimous then. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, my, my top four are... Temnir, Steve Stearns, I'll give us third place, which I think we earned, and then Ross Durand. That's our votes then. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Are you willing to share, or or you don't have to? I mean, I haven't really... Do I do how strategic should I be in my vote? Do I want to win bad enough to rank against my interests? I think no, I don't care enough to rank against my actual feelings. (laughs) (laughs) The stakes, though. So high. The stakes. I mean, for whatever it's worth, this contest does dominate my life for the two months that it is happening, or at least the weeks that I have to do a song. Yeah. Like, every moment of my non-work time is uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a lot mixing of work. or writing or 
So, you know, there are some stakes in that <laughs> I better get something out of this. You've you've put in the time. Praise you... from internet strangers. <laughs> I demand it. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, crave it. Exactly. Essentially a bunch of people saying you don't have to get any better. Right? <laughs> yeah, this is fine. <laughs> uh, what about the shadows? Do you have a do you have favorites there, Ryan? Oh no. I mean I, that that's the thing. It's like that's one of the things that I love so much about not having to be a judge and not having to rank anymore. The shadows are get out of jail free cards. You can say that you know anything that you like about them and so I loved governing dynamics. I loved mandibles. You know, that's probably not a surprise to anybody. And the other songs had great things going for them. And I don't have to rank him, so I'm not going to. I think my top three on the shadows are Cave Dwellers, Mandibles, and Micah Summersmith. I think that would be yeah, Micah's was good, too. I'd just forgotten about that. But yeah, excellent. And again, I, I loved governing dynamics. Cool. All right. I think we're at the end. Well, okay, so I feel bad because I kind of feel like we did the intro and then glossed over. I think that this uh, podcast has been 95% Chumpy and I and <laughs> and 3% you, 2% dead air. So, Perfect. yeah, <laughs> which, is, which is a typical <laughs> recipe for a two jerks, one vote podcast. But oh, so, so I still want to talk to you a little bit more, though. So okay. is there anything that we haven't talked about with your music that you'd like to, to get out to the world? I mean, let's, let's talk about your history anyway. So The Syndicate, New Challenger, yeah. Tamnir, uh, w- what are we missing? So The Syndicate was when I was in high school, and we never actually like recorded. We ostensibly wrote some songs. I did not have any part in that because <laughs> I did not learn how to write songs until just a few years ago. <laughs> but I was the drummer for a band when I was 18 called Chronicles of Mayhem. Wow. And, uh, everyone in it was over 40 except for me. So it was <laughs> not fun to be in that band. <laughs> For me, that's that would a, be a vector for beer at that <laughs> There time. was more chronicling and less mayhem than you would have liked? Yeah, no, there was a lot of pills <laughs> that I did not take. Gotcha. You know, Chronicles of Mayhem is a perfectly fine name for a band with an 18-year-old in it, but not for a band with a bunch of 40-year-olds in it. No, yeah. We did record, though, and it's very bad, and I don't like to listen to it because I did not do a good job. <laughs> All right, okay, so uh, after Chronicles of Mayhem, it's The Syndicate, or is that before? That's before. Before and Syndicate, that, and then Chronicles of Mayhem, and then what? They're basically nothing. I learned how to play guitar because I couldn't find a band I liked being in, because I only played drums until maybe eight years ago. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I, I would have thought you played guitar for much longer, because your guitar riffs are all very virtuosoistic. Is that a word? Uh, sure, why not? That's Absolutely, awesome. though. I agree. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing to hear that you've been playing guitar for such a small amount of time, considering your output. Thank you. What about music theory? When did you get into that? Kind of right now. I'm trying to be more conscious of it instead of figuring out what I did afterwards and trying to make it make sense. I'm trying to have an idea going into a song instead. That's been a new development in Spintune 16. (laughs) That's fine. But on the other hand, you know, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. No, if it's true, I'd just like to be able to like know what kind of arpeggio I should play instead of I will trial and error for 45 minutes and I'll figure it out. We'll get there. <laughs> right. It's sense. nice having kind of a roadmap. 
Yeah. 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 On the other hand, sometimes Chumpy says, oh, I just found out about sustained fourth chords. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> now I'm going to have to, you know, try and figure that out how to incorporate yeah. that into a song. But that's fun, right? You can discover a thing and then a whole song is built around like a diminished ninth or something. You're like, hey, cool. Yeah, there isn't anything worse than that, is there? I'm trying to think. <laughs> no song at all, I think, would be worse than that. <laughs> all right. Okay. So how did you come to Spin Tunes? I know Zach Scott, who is a friend of Spin Town. Oh. And he hooked me up to do that cover of Today's the Day a couple of years ago. And that's how I kind of found out about it. Because he commissioned me to do that cover in like 2015 or something. And I can't even bear to listen to it anymore. <laughs> it is truly horrifying. Uh, that's funny. We we started recording in 2015 as well. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. And all of our early stuff is just garbage. And like, yeah, it just it's painful. How dare you? Oh, sorry. All the That's early weird. stuff that Ryan wrote is just garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh, I'm just, but, I'm just thinking of our like cover of that "Enjoy the Silence" song. Oh, that was so bad. <laughs> anyway, it was our first side fight from Song Fight, which I'm going to urge you to try and you know if you if you need. Okay, so Jurgatorium, we don't do anything unless we have a, sort of a direction and a mm-hmm. deadline. Most importantly, is the deadline. Perfect. And that's why we did song fight and why we still do song fight occasionally. And I would urge you to, to consider that often enough. It's 10 days uh, from the time that they announce the title to the deadline, which is pretty manageable. Uh, this current one is just seven days. They just announced it today. They put up a title and sometimes an optional challenge and then ask people to submit. You submit a song and then people, anybody in the world can vote on it. They don't have to register or anything like that. You either win or you don't win. Similarly, no stakes. There lately has been, you know, probably between 10 and 20 songs per fight, per song yeah. fight. Is there like a similar, like a listening party, like the Neurine has, or is it? Uh... Not usually. Tommy has done some of those in the past, but I think it gets too onerous if you're going to be doing, you know, song fights, you know, sure. listening parties weekly around. And then especially when the, you combine that with Neurine or uh, Spin Tunes or something like that, it just, just gets I, a bit too much. 45 songs. Yeah. And then, like, I was wondering if he was going to do a song fight along with spin tunes, and I was realizing that that would just be too much. But, yeah, but he's done it in the past. It's just that it's pretty unlikely. Because I do think the listening party, similar to you, having a deadline is very nice. But uh, just knowing that even 10 people will ever even listen to the song one time is a nice guarantee. It is nice, yeah. yeah. Because well, I you... look at my stats on Bandcamp, and you can see Bandcamp shows partial listens. I think I have about 500 listens, quote unquote, which constitutes someone listening to more than 10%, but less than 90. So I think maybe three people have ever listened to a whole one of my songs before, not related to spin tunes. I mean, there's just a glut of music out there. Yeah, I don't blame anyone for it. I do the same thing when I'm going through new releases on Bandcamp. Like, if I don't like it immediately, I'm gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like... Song fight. There's well over ten thousand songs uh, right. on song fight. I want to. I want to say there's maybe even a lot more than that. I just can't recall off the top of my head. 
But I mean, there's just so much original content out there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, but uh, Song Fight, you'll definitely get at least a couple dozen listens minimum. If people hate the song, you'll still get a couple right. dozen listens. And you'll probably get at least three or four reviews every time. Yeah. Which absolutely. is great. And the Song yeah. Fight reviewers can be dicks, which is like the mm-hmm. most valuable kind of review. Yeah. 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 yeah there, there are people who feel like they know what they're talking about. And it's kind of good to vet some of those because if you're like, wow, they have some really specific mixing and mastering advice and then you go listen to their songs and they're like oh they don't know anything about anything (laughs) (laughs) who am i talking about with that no i'm kidding (laughs) so uh, but yeah but uh the other thing is nurain nurain happens a couple of times a year or is it just once a year i think it's once a year yeah but it comes up after spin tunes so it's coming up that's the one that's eight songs or eight weeks to go all the way yeah yeah and it's weekly it's a it's grind a, man it's, it's really pretty brutal intense. but it's, yeah. it's worth it. it we've uh we've done it twice we've got knocked out i think in the fourth round every time or fifth round every time yeah wow. and in the past we've been a little irked because they don't do reviews the judges don't do reviews yeah so but it's uh, like a it's a panel of judges though yeah yeah it's not like okay yeah and the last group is not four bands, it's just two. Oh. So, yeah. And we've complained about, you know, judges not justifying their votes in the past. But uh, when it comes right down to it, the people who are winning Nurain are people who absolutely deserve to win. So regardless of, you know, our bitchy complaints, my bitchy complaints, the people who deserve to win are still winning that. Yeah, it's a good contest for sure. And it's a hard contest. And I think you'd do well. A song a week is a, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think the only real saving grace is that you realize that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And like Chumpy and I, when we do it, we, we have a strict schedule. We had a schedule for this too, but we weren't very good at keeping to it. But we absolutely have to stick to a schedule when we're, when we're on Nurine. And that has occasionally led to imperfect songs (laughs) but some of our best songs too so it's it's totally worth it just for the songs you get out of it oh yeah absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, the one the judges hated in fact is one of our favorites so worked out well (laughs) yeah and and their their very favorite is one that i just hate (laughs) because it's our best reviewed song our best ranked song is for after you and it's something that i call a one finger song because it's just an arpeggiator and you, you can just play the whole song with one finger, you know, just move from one place to another. It's not entirely true, but it's more or less true. Yeah. So anyhow, yeah, I think that um, in general past judges anyway uh, would have ranked you very, very highly in that just because they appreciate technicality good production and, yeah, and good production. kind of aggressive personality. So, all right. Yeah. Oh, I'll definitely know- take it back. You know, Will, we never asked you about your art either. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I went to art school for, like, painting, and I dropped out after two years because I was already kind of working. My job was going to, like, comic conventions and selling posters and stuff. Like, I would work with a friend of mine, and we'd make posters and go sell them. And uh, luckily I got out of that because coronavirus has destroyed the convention. (laughs) Uh, The idea of having a convention this year is kind of over. Yeah. Yeah. And you work... Now I'm uh, I'm assuming it's all digital. Yeah, it's all digital, mm. uh, just for ease of you know doing it. 
practicality. That makes sense. But yeah, I've seen a lot of it. it Chumpy had clued me into, it's like, oh, you also got to look for his art online. And I checked it out. And then I realized that all of the stuff that you have like on your Bandcamp page is all yours. And I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. So this isn't taken from somebody else or anything. This is your own work, which is terribly impressive and obviously very professional. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I, uh, there was a time when I was trying to make money off of it. And it turns out making money off of something you like doing makes you not like doing it. So, <laughs> which is why I'm not trying to monetize my music in any way because if this is not fun, then what will I do? <laughs> I'll have to find a new hobby. Yeah, to try to make money off of eventually. I can't wait to sell some bees or something. <laughs> yeah, Chumpy and I kind of feel the same way. Like, we've won a bunch of song fights, we won spin tunes once years ago, and that has translated into nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not entirely true someone downloaded one of our songs on Bandcamp and paid me 99 cents Ooh. Uh, of which yeah. I got 75 cents and of which I split exactly zero with you Ryan so uh, I'm sure they're not out there listening but if you're out there listening don't buy don't spend money <laughs> on our stuff it's so easy to just get it for free yeah so yeah it's just just it's not what we're I mean but yeah we'd be starving I, so Oh, yeah. No, we would be dead. Long, long dead <laughs> if that was the case. But no, I mean, like, what are we going to do? If if we take off, you know, if our music takes off, are we going to tour Japan? No. And I'm not just talking about coronavirus. I mean, like, best case scenario, you know, it's like, we're, no. I got a yeah, Best job. case scenario, you get to go on tour. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, you get to get to go to Motel Sixes. No, thank you. I mean, stay in a van. No, <laughs> that was when I when I did anime conventions. Like that was what I live in Oklahoma, and I would drive to like Boston or something. And it would be thirty six hours in the car. I would go make a month's worth of money and come home, having spent a week in a car, and then make some songs. I guess living the dream. Oh yeah, it was terrible. And now yeah. I just work at a pizza restaurant, and it's fine. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Well, all right. So I feel a little bit better that we, we've gotten to know you a little bit better by talking about Jerkatorium a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. Yeah, exactly. Well, okay. So so what, what have we not covered that we should talk to you about before the end of the podcast? Boy, there's really just nothing to know. Oh, you gotta do wish, better than that, man. I wish yeah. it was more exciting to say I came home from my like minimum wage job today to talk to some guys on the internet. <laughs> like <laughs> that's what there is to know about me. <laughs> do you wanna do shout outs and, and pitches? Do you have any things like you wanna pitch? Concepts, products. Concepts or products. Or hot. Do you wanna um uh, I want to pitch the idea that anyone who wants to do a collaboration with me should email me because I need reasons to keep making songs. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> yes. Number yes, one. we should definitely um, do that. Absolutely. absolutely. Uh, number two, uh, song fight. You'll have more or less constant reason to write. It's been amazing because like, sometimes the creativity comes out when you're really reaching for it. And you just like, you got nothing, you got nothing, you got nothing. Then all of a sudden, like after some agony, it all comes out of you at once. And like, you have no idea where the fuck it came from. Like 15 minutes ago, you had nothing. And all of a sudden you've got a full concept for a song. Yeah. And then typically it's like they announce the, the title and then 10 days later it's due. And then there's like this three day lag before the next title is announced. And when we were really compulsive about it, 
we would hate that three day lag. Just, we would we would resent that three day lag. We'd be like, oh my god, post the update, give us a new title to work on. Getting yeah. used to having free time again, and that's unacceptable. Uh, well, yeah. Well, I mean, free time is for writing music, very specific. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything else to do during, at least at the time that we were really compulsive about it, and that compulsive time was really productive. So. Uh, but anyhow, so yeah, song fight is constant. It's always ongoing. And then there's often enough side fights. So if you go into the song fight bulletin board, there will be other musical non-competitive things to do that are often like cover fights or other sort of little assignments that you can do. Then, of course, uh, Nurine, which is once a year. And uh, it's competitive and stressful and and a lot of fun and a lot of the competitors write reviews too and reviews are the best part of doing any of this because that's the only way you really get better or just do a a podcast and talk about any 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 kind of thing (laughs) i saw something that said like the cdc strongly recommends against starting a podcast while you're at home quarantined It's the best time. Everyone's got time to listen, and there's definitely not already 10 million things vying for your attention at any given moment. They're going to want audio, audio of strangers. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm not going to stretch this podcast out to five and a half hours. I promise you that. All right, Ryan, we're just making more editing work for you. Let's wrap this thing up. Yeah, that's right. All of this is cut. All of this is cut. Still. Shout outs. Am I going to start? What? Yeah, I don't even okay. have any shout-outs this time around. You liar. Okay, so uh, I'm going to shout-out to uh, my husband. Thank you for all of your love and support and your patience. Patience is a thing. Thank you, Brian, for your input into this song that we wrote. I know that we didn't use all of your input, and much of that was more of a time consideration than uh, not respecting your opinions consideration. It's just we've run out of time so quick. So we use some of it. Didn't use some of the other of it just because it would have required us to think about things. Shout out to Alice. Uh, keep doing that great art. It's, it's awesome. And oh, shout out to Dave. Thanks for running this thing so well. And thanks to the judges for your good reviews and all of the time and the care that you've been putting into the reviews is really impressive. Really appreciate it. I think it's great. Next. I would like to shout out to all of the Spintoons competitors. Like, good job. There's been an amazing amount of shadows and songs, and it's really heartening to see the community come together around this contest and everybody participating. So I really appreciated that. So shout out to all the competitors. And um, also shout out to the judges who have to write reviews and take a stand and find things about songs to nitpick about. So good job, judges. That's it. That's, those are all of my shout-outs. I will also shout out, I guess, you guys for having me on your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Whenever people do that, I'm like, oh, yeah. Also, shout-out to Will Whale and Temnir for coming to the podcast because I didn't say it earlier. So, yeah, no, no. Seriously, though, <laughs> literally, I really appreciate you coming. I think it was awesome that uh, we got you and uh, that we got to learn about you. So, uh, oh, yeah, Interrupting your shout out to shout out back to you. <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, what does anyone want more than a giant circle jerk podcast? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should have called it. Maybe we should rename that. That's every every podcast. Yeah, it's kind of redundant. Yeah. I have All to right. check to see if giantcirclejerk.com is available because that sounds awesome. 
I'm afraid it's not. Uh, you might not like what you find. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. I've already, I've already, I've already done the image search for that. If you remember it's Hands Across America? Rewarding. It's a lot like that. <laughs> or that, or that, or that super xenophobic. Do they know it's Christmas time at all? But like, yeah, yeah. They know. <laughs> they know. They, yeah. Well, well, if they don't know, it's because they have a different goddamn religion, you idiots. <laughs> but how could they be happy if they don't know if it's Christmas yet? Oh my god. We're I'm I'm okay. The, They're just the trying heavy to get metal a rise version. <laughs> the the We're Stars sung by Dio. Non judgmental. We're all stars. And okay. it's great. Yeah. Uh, it's live live aid maybe. Now I'm looking it up. Here and aid. <laughs> We're stars. I'll have to check it's that a, out. There's like 15 minutes of shredding in it <laughs> where every guitarist from the 80s gets to play eight bars. <laughs> oh, my God. I was listening to Holy Diver just last night. That song is so good. Oh, yeah. I picked the wrong shirt. I should have worn my Dio shirt. I have two shirts. <laughs> yeah. Yes. For the podcast listeners, uh, our dear readers, uh <laughs> <laughs> that's right it, yeah if it wasn't clipped out of the beginning then you should know that this whole time Temnir Will has been wearing a rat t-shirt that's rat with two t's mm-hmm. yeah. and not the not the rat that's touring now that's just the drummer and a bunch of other guys round and round love will find a way just give it time a great song yeah great song I really butchered that yeah <laughs> That'll be our collaboration. We'll do a cover of Round and Round. For my dead body. <laughs> you weren't on, even, you wanted to spend you weren't a bunch even of time. born when that song came out. Uh, likely true. <laughs> I don't remember what year it came out, but very likely true. It's 1980-something. It was, uh, I was born in 1988, so oh, there's not God. a lot of good chances. <laughs> All right. Well, okay, okay. Well, anyhow, so... Uh, all right, do, do we have anything else we should cover? Nope, I can hear the theme music playing. All right, it's been a serious pleasure having you on. Uh, I'm really, really glad we got you uh, for this podcast. And best of luck uh, with the competition. If it was up to me, you'd win. Same. We're voting for you. I'll, I'll vote for you then and cancel it out. No, <laughs> no, no. That's not how this works. You have to vote for yourself. Very important. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. <laughs>